Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The Large Nerdron Collider podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider podcast, the podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world around us and how very excited we are about them. I'm Ariel Kasten, and with me, as always, is Jonathan Accordion Boy Strickland. Fear is the mind killer. So are accordions. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like the date killer. Hey, Ariel. Yes, Jonathan? I have a question for you. Okay, Ariel, uh, we talked last week a bit about role-playing games, and I happen to know that you are an avid role-playing game fan. You're also an avid board game fan. And my question to you is, do you happen to have any lucky gaming dice or dice that you typically will use above all others? I do, and it depends on the game. Uh, oh, please explain. So for my D&D game, I was gifted with a set of, I play a changeling. And I was gifted a, with a set of like peacock or color changing dice um, that I use for my D&D game. I do have other dice when you need multiple for a roll, but that's my primary. Uh, for anything that is um, like a, most of the other games I play use basically six-sided dice. Uh, and for those... I use the personalized dice that I have an extra surplus of uh, from my wedding. <laughs> the one is a little heart with says Ariel and Tony on it. So uh, I remember that. Yeah, they roll pretty well. I mean, I have other dice like I have Paul and Storm dice and I have like a the uh, whatever it is, like my star sign dice, horoscope dice um, and things like that that are fun. But yeah, it's it's either like the the set I was gifted specifically for the game or my personal D6. Nice. What, what about you? Uh, I haven't played a role-playing game since I was like 18, so I don't. I do own dice. I've got a bag of them, but, but I haven't used them in so long. But you play board games occasionally too, correct? I do, and I use whatever dice are in the box. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but no, I, I when I when I was so when I was a teenager, I had a set that I would regularly use. Which, as I recall, 
were uh, translucent dice with blue in them. So they weren't like solid blue. It was like, like strands of blue inside translucent dice. And they were a little sparkly. And uh, they were just, it was a set that I bought. And then eventually I added more and more dice to it to the point where I was like going to conventions and buying like a grab bag of dice just to add to what I had. It was a, it was a problem. I had a problem, I, a, a dice collecting problem. Listen, I, I know people who, anybody, I feel like anybody who role plays has at some point had a dice collecting problem. My niece and nephews recently started their very first D&D campaign because one of my nephews wrote his own RPG. And then his mom was like, hey, we should really um, let you have some experience with rule sets so that your rules are a little bit more steady. Um and they were all playing this this large family with one set of dice. But as soon as they let the kids go, like, into the... Like, everybody has a dice problem when they start gaming. Everybody. I think I had, like, like 30 to 50 teeny tiny six-sided dice that came in, like, some little grab bag. Like, it was a bunch of gimmicky stuff that back when I was going to science fiction conventions as a teenager, uh, I could not resist. Uh I'd actually have to go through my dice now, which are not in uh, near me, and to see if I still have the ones that I used all the time as a teen or if somehow I, you know, lost those and gained other dice. I also have a belief that if I leave a dice bag out long enough, the dice will just change, and I don't know why. Well, I'm, I'm sad. Well, I'm both... I understand that belief, and it also ruins my plans to sneak into your house and change out your dice on you every once in a while. Yeah, well, I mean, you'd really have to roll well on that stealth check. Okay, so uh, we <laughs> we should probably get to the news. There's quite a bit of it. In fact, yes. uh, this is another one of those weeks where we really had to whittle down the news items because there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the stuff that we picked is really fun. Uh, not all, not all of it's fun. Some of it's sad. In fact, our first story is <laughs> a little, little sad, but most of it's fun. I, I was about to say, yeah, our first story is sad, which is that CW has canceled Batwoman uh, after I think three seasons. And they have also canceled legends of tomorrow um, after seven, I believe, which mm-hmm. I have honestly not watched. I keep saying I need to go back and watch Legends of Tomorrow because I know that they became self-aware and and goofy, which is what I want out of the show. Um, But I'm especially sad because apparently Donald Faison joined the cast for the latest season. And that that is enough to make me watch it. Yeah. uh, And the, the general feeling is that this is probably as a result of uh, the shifting ownerships of the the parent company like it gets so complicated that you worry that it's one of those things where someone much further up on the chain is just making very quick and perhaps too quick decisions that Mm -hmm. end up affecting you know shows that have strong fandoms um the and so there's been a lot of talk about that and uh you know we can't really say one way or the other if that's the case. It really is speculation. Um, but it's it's it is complicated because Warner Media, which was in collaboration with uh, creating the CW along mm-hmm. with CBS. I mean, that's what CW stands for, right? Like you have yeah. CBS and Warner. Um, Warner Media, of course, just recently got acquired by Discovery Communications, mm-hmm. my old employer. And that may very well have been part of it. It's hard to say. I will say this. Uh, if Discovery buys you, you can probably count on a whole big focus on reality television because it's way cheaper to produce than scripted television. Not that I'm bitter. That's a shame. I, I do. In, well, I say I enjoy the CW superhero lineup. I haven't watched it in a while quite honestly. Yeah. Well, and, and I never did. I never got into it. Like I, I was glad it was there, but mm-hmm. I never really watched any of it. Um, I've seen like clips completely out of context and due to that completely out of context experience, I 
there's no impact on me because I don't know what's happening. I don't know who half the characters are, you know. In in general, I feel like their show, most of their shows start off strong and then kind of go longer than they ought to, like Supernatural, which is also a CW show. Um, so like Arrow, I liked at the beginning and then eventually lost interest. Flash, I liked at the beginning and eventually lost interest. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow is one of those few that I feel like really found its footing as it grew. Um, as opposed mm-hmm. to the other way around. I guess the only other um, outlier would be Constantine, which got canceled after one season, unfortunately, because that actor was brilliant in the role. Um, but then he came back in Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> I thought it was neat to see, like, there are also some crossovers with stuff like Lucifer, because I know that there mm-hmm. was a Lucifer crossover either with either with Legends of Tomorrow or uh, Arrow or something. I just remember... I happened across a clip of it and I thought, oh, that's cool. I love it when different shows have little crossovers, Mm -hmm. especially when you're talking about shows that exist in another media, all as as part of the same universe, right? Like when you see things that aren't necessarily created by the same people, but the individual properties all belong to a shared universe, seeing a crossover like that is just fun. And CW was the best at that. Anytime they had their, their multiverse events, those are always my favorite miniseries. Um, so it's sad. It's something we've got because Netflix just canceled a bunch of shows, too. And it's just something we have to remember. I think maybe we've forgotten in the pandemic is that's normal. That's normal for television. Well, and, and Netflix in particular, we're probably going to see a lot of that because the company had its first setback where it had a, a loss, an overall loss of, of viewers. And that was the first time in its history that that had happened. And that ended up causing um, a massive uh, uh, drop in the stock price for Netflix. Uh, You just saw people lose confidence in the company, Mm -hmm. which I think is crazy because they had like a decade of growing quarter over quarter. And one quarter they have a drawback, a setback, and everyone's like, abandoned ship. And I'm thinking, oh, this is just crazy. And it it really does have this massive impact on uh, content, on entertainment, Mm -hmm. like stuff that, you know, you might be looking forward to, like, I don't know, an animated adaptation of Bone Bone. suddenly goes away. I I get it. I I also know they have numbers that we don't see probably as well, like metrics that we don't see rather um, to make those decisions. Uh, but like, I also know people who have had Netflix forever and are now saying, there's nothing I really want to watch on there. And I think it's less that there's nothing they want to watch. And there's just so many options that to find the ones that fit your personal, um, box of enjoyment is getting more difficult because Netflix really does push out so much media. Yeah. You get paralyzed by choice. Yeah. It might, it might be a good change, even though there are things that we have to wait on at least for now, if not forever. Um, but yeah, TV is not the only thing that experiences change like that. So great segue because we learned last week that Fast X has lost its director, Justin Lin, who directed several of the entries in the Fast and Furious franchise, including Tokyo Drift, which was considered a soft reboot of the series. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has left the project in the middle of production or in the beginning of production. uh, And the company was even losing like a million dollars a day while they were looking to find a replacement director. They did find one, uh, Louis Leterrier, or Louis Leterrier, I should say. Um, He has directed tons of stuff, including... Uh, the Transporter movies, although those were like 20 years ago, but he's he's known as an action director. So not he hasn't done any like car stuff recently, but uh, the general consensus I've seen is that he's likely to do whatever it is that Vin Diesel wants to do, because that appears to have been again, there's no confirmation, but it appears to have been the the reason why director Justin Lin left the project is because there was friction between him and Vin Diesel who was behaving. And I'm using other people's words here like a total diva. Oh, yeah. Uh, good. Good to mention that you're using other people's words. Uh, didn't Justin Lin also do the, the last Star Trek movie that we got? Cause that was quite, maybe, good. you know, I'm, I, I'm so terrible with naming directors, but it's quite possible. I mean, he's, he's, 
directed like the big Fast and Furious uh, entries, my guess is just that he just got to a point where he couldn't put up with Vin Diesel's uh, nonsense anymore. I'm having to choose my words real careful, Ariel, because good. the words I would use are ones that are not rated for a family friendly no, podcast. Good, good. You, you, it's always good to think about your words. Yes. Uh, J- Justin Lin also did Star Trek Beyond, which was great. And I know you haven't watched it, but I'm going to tell you yet again to watch it. Uh, but it looks like he also did the new Space yep. Jam, which. Not so good, but whatever. Anyhow, um, I like about half of the stuff I know Louis Leterrier has done. Uh, I like The Incredible Hulk. I still haven't watched it all the way through. I started it, and then I hit pause, and then, and then I walked back. away, and I never <laughs> came back. <laughs> uh, think I wasn't as fond of his Clash of the Titans remake, but I really feel that it has the same issue with like that I had with BSG and other things like that, where I have to step back and separate myself from the original that I enjoy, or the even if it's not the original, the version that I grew up with that I enjoy and say, this is a different beast. Let me watch it with completely different glasses on. Um, yeah. When's that blurred the, well, the action? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, we're hopeful that, uh, I mean, I'm not, I don't have any stock in Fast and Furious. I've never watched a single entry in the series, but I obviously hope that, uh, that whatever comes out of the project ends up being the best it can be. I want people to be proud of their work and I want people to feel uh, uh, that the stuff they do is worthwhile in whatever way, whether it's pure entertainment or otherwise. And I never want to see people fail. So hopefully uh, Vin Diesel gets his act together because it sounds like he's, I mean, we know that Vin Diesel has been a bit of a handful mm-hmm. in past. Like he's had stuff written into his contract where he can't lose a fight to like Dwayne, the rock Johnson and nonsense like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate. I want all of the people who do the geeky things I love to get along, but that's not always the case. Uh, but you said that you want people to be proud of their work. And there are there is somebody out there who should be very proud of their work, which is Free League Publishing and Alcon Entertainment, because I am on the Kickstarter page for the Blade Runner role-playing game that you uh, put into our show notes, Jonathan. And that yeah. pledge ticker is like zooming up. What's it at now? It was at five hundred thousand dollars when I looked at it when I when I uh, pledged seven, uh, seven hundred and eighteen thousand eight hundred and thirty five. But it keeps going up by like thousands every few minutes. Yeah. Uh, like, and this is this, by the way, this is on Tuesday, May 3rd. So by the time you hear this, it will probably be significantly higher. So, yes, it's a Kickstarter for a role playing game, a, a tabletop pencil and paper role playing game set in the Blade Runner universe. Uh, they launched it today. They funded in three hours. They hit their goal. Uh, they are now blasting through stretch goals and it's not even the first full day. Um, and I pledged because if I, if you pledge in the first 24 hours, which will be too late by the time you hear this episode, but if you did, (laughs) then you would get a print as well. Um, Yeah. yeah. So super excited to see that it, uh, I, I love RPGs. I think Blade Runner is a really interesting universe to explore. I think the fact that you'll have the ability to play a human or a replicant is interesting because that campaign can't last too long. Replicants have limited lifespans. Yeah. Well, it's, it is also interesting because I feel like Shadowrun kind of played on the, on the Blade Runner world a bit. Um, but I guess this will be yeah. a more, a more confined, uh, world because, yeah, I, I'm hoping that this is the game that will finally teach us that replicants can become replicans. Jonathan, I can't. Okay, we're going to go to a break. Yes. <laughs> we're going to go to a break so that Ariel can recover from my pun, and then we'll be right back. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Okay, I think I think I'm ready to continue now, Jonathan. Okay. Well, let's start off by talking about something that's truly amazing. Yes, which is the Weird Al Yankovic movie trailer. Uh, we we talked about this a little bit ago when we found out that it was happening and that Daniel Radcliffe would be playing Weird Al because they kept talking about all these, like, we thought they were being very, very tongue-in-cheek about the movie, about all of uh, Weird Al's crazy exploits and, and rock and roll lifestyle. Uh, but when you watch the trailer, I don't think they were like the movie is tongue in cheek, but they were not being tongue in cheek in describing it. <laughs> no, no, it's it's like, what if you did Pam and Tommy, but it was about Weird Al, right? Yeah. Like the whole Pam and Tommy miniseries that came out about uh, about Pamela Anderson. And, uh, you know, that was it, the tr- the teaser gives you a hint of that. It's clearly being a joke. It's very, it reminds me a little bit. There was a special that weird Al did, uh, years ago that was about his supposed, uh, journey to becoming a parody pop star. And, uh, I think it's even called the complete weird Al. It was like done in like the late eighties. Maybe I remember renting it on VHS multiple times. It's very, very silly. And this actually reminds me a lot of that. Like it has similar, uh, attitude toward that. I also love seeing Rain Wilson as Dr. Demento. Uh, yeah. That made me laugh out loud when yes. I saw the trailer. <laughs> yes, it's going to be a really great cl- cast. You also mentioned that uh, Evan Rachel Wood will be Madonna, which I think is perfect casting. Uh, yeah, you you only see her from the back at the very end of the teaser. Yeah, uh, like I didn't know what to expect from this movie, movie series. I think it's a movie. Um, it's a movie on Roku. Yeah, I have Roku. the Roku channel. I have Roku's, thankfully. Um, so I have three of them, so I'll watch it three times at least. Uh, but uh, yeah, I didn't know what to expect, but I am 100% here for all of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Daniel Radcliffe looks like he's having the time of his life. And honestly, if we can just keep giving him really weird projects to do, mm-hmm. I would love it because... He's the kind of actor that I really admire in the sense of someone who throws themselves into a project, no matter how ludicrous it Mm -hmm. is. And they they can truly enjoy it. They can truly understand how crazy and silly the project is. But within the project, there's 100 percent commitment. Right. So like, yeah, it's not like he's kind of like winking and nodding like, yeah, isn't this silly? No, he is committed to the part. He's like a modern day Nick Cage, Jonathan, um, 
who sings yep. better. Yep. Actually, I don't know if Nick Cage can sing, um, but I do know Daniel Radcliffe can sing, and he puts on a great performance when he does. So any chance that I get to watch him do that is a good one. Yeah. So really looking forward to this. I, I, I was looking forward to it before just because it was such a weird announcement, uh, but the teaser has removed any doubt. Yeah. And then Ariel sent me a trailer for a movie that she thought I would like. Uh, why don't you describe what you sent to me? So this is called Gatlop. If I like, I'm looking at what I typed into our show notes and it looks like I had, <laughs> I can't tell if I <laughs> was drunk when I was typing. I wasn't drunk, but it looks like it because of the the name of the trailer. Um, I clicked on it on a, on a whim and it's a modern day... It looks like a modern-day adult Jumanji if Jumanji was a drinking game. Uh, it's got yep. an actress from the Umbrella Academy, and it's got an actor from Miracle Workers, which automatically tells you it's going to be fun and weird. Uh, and it looks... I mean, like, it's got the same kind of... I don't, I don't know. This is another thing where it's really hard to describe. Like, it's tongue-in-cheek, but it looks like there is actual action and tension in there. Um, it looks like it's going to be funny and farcical. I don't know that, but like more like the original Jumanji where things come out of the game to people and things from the game happen, but not necessarily the new Jumanji where you get sucked into the video game itself. Um, but yeah, it looks really interesting. Yeah, no, I, the first thing I told Ariel is that I could hear the pitch meeting where the person literally said, it's Jumanji, but a drinking game and, for adults. Yes, and that's it. Like, that's literally, that's all you really need to know. Although, again, like Ariel said, we're talking about the Robin Williams Jumanji mm -hmm. film where uh, elements of the game come into real life as opposed to being pulled into the game itself. Yeah, so so it's a game where uh, the players have to draw cards and the cards force the players to do whatever the cards are saying or the, the cards force the players to play the game the way the game wants to mm -hmm. be played. And they reveal... That written on the back of the box, it says that you have to complete the game. Someone has to win before sunrise or everybody plays the game for eternity. Yes. And it's actually written on the back of the box. And, and they'll make assumptions and the cards will argue with them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The cards will be like, don't don't try and get around by using that. Like, that's not going to work. The, the cards are actively trying to stop players from wheedling a, around the rules and uh, yeah, it definitely looks like it's it's a comedy. It might be a dark comedy because there are some elements that look like it could get a little twisted. Yeah. I don't think it's going to get like grim, but there's definitely some violence. Like we, we see someone get mm -hmm. shot in the leg with an arrow in the very beginning of the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Which at which point is when I thought the trailer would go to like full on teen horror movie, but it didn't. Yeah, yeah, like it, like it might become something like like uh, Ouija or uh, Truth or Dare or one of those like one of the numerous teen horror movies that's written by sixty year old people yeah. and doesn't like none of the teenagers <laughs> sound like actual teenagers and all the movies are really terrible and they all end up on red letter media shows and stuff. That's what it that's what it could have been. It doesn't look like it it turned into that. I. And I'm totally digging this era of horror comedies mm -hmm. uh, and and thriller comedies. So I think of stuff like uh, Ready or Not, yeah, which I really enjoyed, or even Knives Out, which would be more of a like a mystery comedy mm -hmm. type thing. Like I'm really digging this era e where even Get where Out comedy is not. Yeah, uh, probably. I haven't seen it, um, <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> but, there's a lot of stuff I haven't seen, I'm but, but, uh, but no, I, I really dig this, this underlying comedic tone that's coming in with certain movies where it's not like hitting you over the head necessarily with the comedy, although in parts it will, but, um, but that it, it's more than just, this is, this is two hours of people making idiots of themselves in cringe humor and that's what stands for a comedy because I can't stand those types of movies. Not saying that they are bad or that people who like them are bad, but I can't watch them. Yeah. I I I get intensely uncomfortable trying to watch those kinds of movies. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm for this this new trend as well, as long as it's not too on the nose, like you said, like with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
Yeah. No, when it gets to that, like when it's, when it's that level of, of like heavy handed approach to either making a comedic moment or trying to make a commentary about something in modern society, then I just roll my eyes because there are better ways to do it. Yeah. What do you, Um, what do you feel about being heavy handed in drama? Well, it depends if it's uh if it's something like, I don't know, uh, a breaking bad, you got to be real careful because it'll just it'll make the whole show topple over. If it's something like Game of Thrones, well, it kind of comes with the territory. And I think what you're referring to is going to be way more Game of Thrones than it will be breaking bad, which is interesting uh, because we're talking about the Dune prequel that is coming to HBO Max. Uh, that is. Uh, Dune the Sisterhood, so largely going to focus on the Bene Gesserits. They have recently changed um, some of the people who are who are working on that. And one of the people who is stepping in mm-hmm. is uh, the director for Chernobyl, which I haven't watched, but he also directed episodes of Vikings, Bloodline, Breaking Bad, Walking Dead, and Halt and Catch Fire. I've seen two, three of those. Yeah, and um, <laughs> so this series is going to be set 10,000 years before the events of Dune, the film Mm -hmm. or Dune, the first novel, if you want to go with the book series. So as Ariel was saying, it's going to really focus on the Bene Gesserit and sort of the foundation of that sect of powerful women who collectively are trying to shape the universal events toward a very specific outcome. And so by that, uh, I, I anticipate what we're going to get is a series that's going to be very similar to Game of Thrones and that there's going to be a lot of maneuvering and manipulation and political intrigue because that's what the Bene Gesserit are all about. Mm-hmm. Like they orchestrate entire wars just so that they can continue their quest toward uh, the the creation of essentially a messiah-like character, which, spoiler alert, if you're not if you're not familiar with the Dune series, is totally where that's going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm interested in it. I like the the Dune-verse. The Dune-verse? Is that the way to say it? Yeah, Dune-verse. The Dune-verse. Oh, brilliant. It, it's the Dune-verse. The Dune-verse. Yeah. I like the Dune-verse. I, 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 I'm interested, too, because I think, like, I think it has the potential to be really riveting uh even though you know where everything's going mm-hmm. ultimately i mean it's 10,000 years later so the characters you're watching like they're all doing this knowing they're not going to live to see the fruits of their labor but it's important that they do it yeah. so uh i think it'll be a really fascinating story i do too uh another fascinating story that we found out about this week although this one is for real real not for play play is that uh Lavar Burton is getting a Emmy, a Lifetime Achievement Award. A Lifetime Achievement Emmy, yeah, for his work on Reading Rainbow. And congratulations, LeVar yes. Burton. Well-deserved. Yes. Um, I I love Reading Rainbow. I have loved it all my life. I am glad that a program that focuses on uh, encouraging children to, to read and discover a love of literature uh, has earned this level of recognition. And uh, uh, I think LeVar Burton had a pretty humble reaction, like, like gosh, when he found out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's also, it's great that this, that Reading Rainbow holds, because I, you grew up with, up with it. I grew up with it, despite the fact that we both do have, like, we aren't that far apart in age, but we're far enough apart in age that there are many shows that I watch that you didn't and vice versa. Um, that it's still a thing today. I know in 2006 or after 2006, um, when it was canceled, LeVar Burton tried to bring it back via Kickstarter and uh, there were some legal battles in that, but it was the most widely supported Kickstarter campaign ever at the time. It reached its goal in 24 hours, which is now not so unheard of, but. Well, I mean, it all depends on what the goal is too. Like we talked earlier about the, Blade Runner RPG funding in three hours, but their goal was just $10,000. I mean, I say just $10,000. That's a lot of money, but compared to like a massive Kickstarter project, Mm -hmm. that's nothing. Uh, Now, granted, they've also earned more than $700,000 now as of the time we're recording this. So it is significant, but yeah, really exciting. And um, just, I'm so pleased to see LeVar Burton be honored in this way. And yeah, uh, yeah uh, it's, we, we figured that that was like the happiest news to end our news segments on. 
And now we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to do our mashup and we're going to talk about a couple of other news stories that, you know, inspired the mashup this week. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Ariel, mm-hmm. I want to take the render cella news item. Okay. Because I want to hear what your, your thoughts are <laughs> on the other one. Sure. Because because a beloved character... The one character that you really love shows up in it, and I want to hear your thoughts. Which is exactly what you said when you told me that a new trailer for Chippendale Rescue Rangers had come out. Um, the mm-hmm. Rescue I Rangers saw it before she did, and I could not wait to hear what Ariel's reaction. So I started off the trailer actually feeling better about the movie because Chip and Dale are working together, and they go into like their old Chip and Dale voices, and that kind of, like, that was... A, a big weird thing for me in the first trailer was just the fact that they did not at all at any point sound like Chipperdale in any way, form or fashion, but they kind of got some of that groove going back in this new trailer. And then um, they abduct Flounder and I thought, well, maybe that's what Jonathan's talking about. But that's not the case. Uh, Flounder from the Little Mermaid because eh, I like the Little Mermaid and I like the music better than the story. Um, no, what Jonathan's talking about is Peter Pan is a villain in this movie, apparently. And I know you're all going to say, Peter Pan is a villain, Ariel. And he is, if you go back and you read the original Peter Pan or even watch Disney's Peter Pan. But um, they made him like a beer-bellied, slovenly old man villain. And I don't like that. Yeah, Peter Pan grew up. I don't like that. Like, it wasn't even like, they didn't even make him like, what, was it a lawyer or an accountant? Like in Hook? They it just made him gross. And now, mm-hmm. uh, now I, yeah, they sure I did. extra don't want to see Chippendale. The, or it's not even Chippendale. It's the Rescue <laughs> Rangers movie. I'm going to watch it, but I don't want to. Like, I'm I'm going to be so sad <laughs> the entire time. It, the trailer, once again, made me think, like, how did Disney give the green light to this? Like, it's so <sighs> not Disney's wheelhouse. I mean, like, Disney does occasionally... Uh, comment upon itself 
and get a little meta. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you have the moments in, in the Wreck-It Ralph sequel where all the princesses end up uh, kind of revealing their own insecurities and anxieties that are brought on by trauma based upon their, their individual stories. And I get it. Like, that's cute. Um, but yeah, it was kind of wild seeing the sort of of uh, subversion yeah. of Disney's IP well, in the in the trailer. And, um, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's very, we said this last time, it's very, very Roger Rabbit because once again, they've got a bunch of IP that doesn't even belong to Disney or if it does, like it's through through merger. It's not direct Disney property. Um, yeah. Uh, Although Roger Rabbit, like that one was, that was a partnership yeah. between multiple companies. Well, and now it's just that Disney pretty much owns everything. I mean, Disney still partners with Sony. So, uh, but if, so we're using Rescue Rangers as one of our, one of our mashup items. If you aren't familiar, it was a show from the late eighties, I think 1989, um, which means that it was a little past Jonathan's time to enjoy it about Chip and Dale, the classic Disney characters who run like a gumshoe detective agency along with Gadget. Um, who is a female mouse who is also a gadgeteer, and Monterey Jack, who is a mouse who has an amazing like sense of smell and is addicted to cheese, and Zipper, who's a little fly. And they fight crimes, usually against other animals, sometimes against people, sometimes with the help of human cops. Um, it's just darling. Um, it does, I watched a little bit of it again today. It, it's cute. It's definitely a children's show. Um, yeah, it, it came out a little too late for me. Like, I, I was watching the Disney stuff that came out before that. So mm-hmm. stuff like, I mean, even gummy bears, I watched that, but I also watched, uh, like, uh, duck tales, tailspin, Darkwing duck. Like was, th- that was the era was, that I was watching. And then I kind of got out of it. See, I always thought like in my brain canon of, of like my old childhood memories, Chippendale came out before Darkwing duck and tailspin, but I'm probably wrong there. It, it, you know, if it young. did, well, the other thing is that, you know, what age group was it appealing to, mm-hmm. right? Because Tailspin and Darkwing Duck had jokes that were geared toward older viewers, not necessarily like excluding younger ones, but there were jokes that young kids would never get, like references that kids yeah. would never get, that uh, that older viewers would get. And uh, and those that was the sort of stuff I was watching. Um So that's one element, Rescue Rangers. The other element is Cinderella. And the reason why we picked Cinderella is that the stage musical Andrew Lloyd Webber Cinderella, so we're not talking like Rodgers and Hammerstein or anything here, but the the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical of Cinderella is scheduled to leave the West End this summer. It's only been up for about a year, not even a full year. Uh, the production was notoriously delayed by things like COVID. There was a COVID outbreak among the cast that caused the the show to uh, to delay opening, which Andrew Lloyd Webber was really mad about. And I was kind of done with yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber's opinion about he it. He was definitely being bad. Yeah, he was being a little too little too uh, selfish, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you know, if you know anything about Andrew Lloyd Webber. No shock there. Uh, I'm throwing I'm throwing shade and spilling tea, folks, because I'm a musical kind of guy. But um, but anyway, the musical follows Cinderella. It's a twist on the classic Cinderella story. It's set in a town where everyone is beautiful, and in fact, they the town wins like a beauty award every single year. And Cinderella is considered kind of the outcast goth chick who doesn't fit the standards of beauty of the town. She's also very beautiful, but not not conventionally, which is the problem. Yeah. Uh, they in the story of the stage show, the godmother is like a plastic surgeon. She's she, that's that they call her the fairy godmother, but she's the she's a plastic surgeon who fixes people's appearance so that they conform to the community standards of beauty. Kind of like Repo, the genetic opera. Kind of like Repo, the genetic opera, which we could talk about, like for days and our our super fan Shay would be like totally into it but we aren't because uh Zydrake comes in a little glass vial a little glass but vial but the um <laughs> a little glass vial okay we got to get back on a little glass no. vial goes into a gun like a battery okay, okay i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry so 
So yes, uh, we're going to talk about Cinderella and Rescue Rangers. The Cinderella isn't necessarily going to be the stage show version. Also, by the way, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber is planning on bringing that to Broadway Mm -hmm. next year, but he's also planning on retooling the show extensively. Like, essentially, it sounds like nothing is going to be unchanged. Like, everything is going to get zhuzhed up in some way or form. I am morbidly curious to see what the new product is. I I will say watching the trailer for the West End version, like the songs didn't grab me. There were certainly a lot more buff men without shirts doing sword fighting than in Roger and Hammerstein's. And I don't really like the way the Roger and Hammerstein's one has been recently retooled either. So, yeah, I, I, I hope that maybe they'll commit at least a performance of the West End version to video Mm -hmm. because I would be, curious to see what the differences are, right? Like I would want to see what, what came before and what was changed. And there's no way I'm getting over to the West end before it closes. So anyway, we're going to do that mashup. Ariel's going to go first, then we'll take a quick break and I'll do mine. Cause mine once again goes a little on the long side. So why don't you, uh, why don't you take it away, Ariel? All right. Mine is called Chippendale Rescue Princess. One day, while Chip, Dale, and the rest of the Rescue Rangers were doing some spring cleaning at their detective agency, they got a knock at the door. When they opened it, there was a human woman peering in through the door. Once the Rangers got over the shock of their giant client, she introduced herself as Cindy, Cindy Ella. Dale was instantly smitten and tongue-tied, so Chip did the talking. He tried to tell Cindy that human crimes usually went to officers Kirby and Muldoon, but Cindy insisted that there was no one else that could help her other than these gumshoes. You see, her husband, Mr. Charming, who she had met and had a whirlwind fairy tale romance with, had face blindness, but was great with feet. So when he proposed, he did so with a fancy diamond shoe. But the shoe has gone missing, and without it, her husband couldn't recognize her anymore. And even worse, they were supposed to be throwing an anniversary ball that evening. Chip asked what the gang thought if they should help, and after Gadget smacked Dale out of his stupor, they all agreed that they would help so that this time, this crime, wouldn't go slipping through the cracks. I mean, they did claim there was no case too big, no case too small. Yes, those are lyrics from the theme song. All right. Well, technically, Dale said, I'd love to go to the ball with you while spinning around and quick changing into a chipmunk-sized ball gown. Chip asked, where did you get that? Spring cleaning, said Dale. So dreamy, I mean, Cindy, what clues do you have? Sadly, the only clue Cindy Ella could give to these gumshoes to find her missing slipper was some shoe gum, some gum that had been stepped on that the cops insist insisted wasn't a clue at all. But it was enough for the rescue rangers to go on. Gadget whipped together a gum tread tracking device that paired with Monterey's impeccable sense of smell made tracking the gum tracks a piece of cheese. I mean, cake. The gum tracks led them straight to the hideout of the infamous mobster Fat Cat. They could see him talking through the window to another large cat, and the crew set Zipper the fly-in to listen to the conversation. When Zipper came out, he relayed to the team that the other cat's name was Lucifer. He was the family cat of Cindy's stepfamily. You see, Cindy's marriage messed up a major merger that the stepfamily had been planning with the Charming family. And once the merger was messed up, the family had to go had to tighten their budget, and Lucifer had been switched to <gasps> generic cat food. This shoe-stealing scheme was his plan for revenge, and he would split the spoils with Fat Cat. The rescue rangers quickly devised a plan involving a flake, fake slipper made from a roller skate, paper clips, and glitter. So much glitter. And then after a crafty, in more than one way montage, they had the diamond shoe in hand. They hightailed it away from Fat Cat's lair, went to plant evidence at the step family's home, and then returned the diamond slipper to a grateful Cindy. Once Cindy got her shoe back, her husband recognized her once again, and the ball was back on. The rangers were all given invitation to join the festivities, so they all got dressed up and joined the party where there was dancing, merriment, and cheese and nuts for all. Dale even got a thank you kiss from Cindy, at which point he exuberantly threw pockets full of glitter into the air, quick changing into an even more elaborate ball outfit. Chip stared in exasperated disbelief as Dale said, spring cleaning, with a wink. Another case closed. Okay, uh, (laughs) that was amazing. Thank you. Uh, I love that Prince Charming has face blindness, but a foot fetish. <laughs> I mean, that, that, I mean, I had to, you probably saw me. I was having to suppress laughing my butt off from that. I also really loved the crafty pun. Oh, thank you. A lot. Uh, yeah, that was great. I, 
So you were worried a bit that our, our mashups might be a little too close. Mm-hmm. I can, I can assure you that's not the case, <laughs> Excellent. but uh, I mean, there's going to be some, some uh, similar elements There always is. and I think you'll be tickled. Yeah. You'll be tickled at the little bits that are kind of similar, but um, I, okay. I'm also going to warn you, everybody out there, not just Ariel. I went a little bonkers with this one. Um, so we're going to take a break, steal yourselves. And when we come back, we'll do my mashup. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, Jonathan, I am looking forward to your mashup. I am fully steeled and prepared. Yeah. All right. Uh, I am sorry and you're welcome. (laughs) I guess is how I will start this. I honestly like this was one of those where I kind of had an idea when I started. And then by the time I got into it, um, I it's like when a railroad trains going down the tracks and then someone pulls the lever and switches the tracks. That's what happened when I was writing this. Uh, I called it rescue by midnight. Cinderella has a problem. See more than anything. She just wants to go out clubbing. But her stepsisters are totally wicked, as is her stepmother, and they constantly conspire to make Cinderella's life hard because they're totes jealous that Cindy's father always liked her best. And part of making Cindy's life hard is telling her she is under no circumstances to go clubbing, particularly at the hottest nightclub in town called Club Royal, (laughs) where Prince is gonna play. At one point, Cinderella thinks she might have found a loophole, having discovered a special wishing stone at the base of the wishing well, in what her father used to call their wishing garden, but she had reckoned those were all just figures of speech. But before she can secretly make her wish, her totally wicked stepsisters ransack her room, just out of spite, and in the process, the stone goes missing. Cindy tries looking for it, but she can't find it anywhere. Being too intimidated to ask her sisters, she looks around, desperate. She's at her lowest, convinced that her life is just going to be a long series of misfortunes when she sees an ad in the local paper. A special detective agency run by chipmunks. Well, 
Cindy has always had a special affinity with small animals, having hired most of the local birds and vermin to help her with her chores. So she reaches out to the Rescue Rangers. Soon enough, Detectives Chip and Dale arrive, and they're on the case. The Big Prince concert at Club Royal is that very night, so there's not a moment to lose. The two immediately start searching for the stone, asking around with the various animals nearby. In the process, they discover that, sure enough, Gus Gus, the mouse, has the stone. He slipped away with it as the totally wicked stepsisters had invaded Cindy's room. But he found himself stuck behind the stone in his little mouse hole, and he was unable to get back out. Chip and Dale are able to wedge Gus Gus out of his predicament, and they pull him free, and they get the stone back to Cindy. Cinderella, super thankful, pays the rescue rangers and invites them to come with her to the ball, which they eagerly agree to do. Well then, she wishes upon the stone, which then summons up this weird group of three men, three blue men carrying wands. So this group of blue men play this crazy song. This blue man group plays the song, and I think it's called Bitty Body Bitty Boo, and it's originally by a group called Bubbles. You need to go to YouTube right now, or at least when this episode is over, and YouTube search Bitty Body Bitty Boo. You are welcome. Anyway, Cindy's almost ready to say, never mind, the club is right here with this thumping tunes courtesy of the blue man group, but then she remembers her dream, to go to Club Royal, so she looks at the blue weirdos and says, I wish I could go to Club Royal and see Prince, and to do it in style. And even though that's technically two wishes, the blue man group is totes chill with it, and so the tunes really get cranking and the lights are flashing and there's lasers and confetti and stuff, and the next thing you know, Cinderella is in this killer clubbing outfit that's blue with like these pearlescent accents that change color when the lights hit it in different ways. And she's got these killer glass stiletto heels that are super hard to walk in, let alone dance in. But then there's Chip and Dale. See, the Blue Man group has figured that Cindy needs an entourage to really impress at Club Royal. And so Chip and Dale find themselves transformed into human beings. Chip looks a lot like John Mulaney, but uh, it's from that one sketch from Saturday Night Live where he appears as Stefan's lawyer in a shiny black shirt with fishnet sleeves. And Dale looks like Andy Samberg in that one episode of, of uh, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine in which his character is undercover in the mafia as a disgraced cop and he's wearing his hair all slicked back and he's got a maroon velour jumpsuit on. Anyway, that's what Dale looks like. And so Cindy and the party boys leave her stepmother's house, which is totally trashed in confetti, and they head outside. And the Blue Man group, grooving to some cool techno, casually turn a pumpkin into a 2022 Lamborghini Huracan Evo. Which means Dale has to sit in Chip's lap, because there's not really any backseat to speak of. And Cindy tears off downtown. She pulls up in front of Club Royal and she gets out, entourage in tow, tossing the key fob dismissively to a valet attendant as she sashays confidently right into the club. And just as she comes in, boom, Prince is on stage playing a crazy guitar solo like only he can. He's halfway through, I could never take the place of your man. And Cindy starts grooving with Chip and Dale awkwardly doing their best to dance around her while not crowding her. And all eyes in the club go to Cindy because she's the wicked one now. And she's tearing up that dance floor. And in between songs, Prince even makes a mention of Cindy saying, girl, you got the look. And bam, right into You Got the Look as Sheena Easton joins the stage. And it is amazing. <laughs> well, Cindy dances for three solid hours, but then she starts to fade a little bit. So she and Chip and Dale all take a breather at a table. Uh, the now human chipmunks are totally spent. They're absolutely drenched in sweat and they are way out of their element. Maybe we should go back home now, says Chip. No, says Cinderella. I'm out for the first time in forever, and I'm going to enjoy it. Now, just at that moment, her totally wicked stepsisters walk up to their table. What are you doing here? asks one of them. I haven't even given them names. I'm going to call her 
Mergelin. And Cinderella says, I'm at, I'm partying, loser. Now get your skanky self and your last year's outfits out of my face. And the totally wicked stepsisters defeated run out of the club crying, mascara going all down their faces. And the bouncer is just like, yeah, must be Thursday. Shortly after that, Cindy's totally wicked stepmom shows up and she says, how dare you? And Cinderella's like, no, no, not even going to listen to you. You're an old hag and dad regretted marrying you. He said so a lot. I never said it because I'm a nice person. But you know what? Tonight's my night. So you just turn yourself around, drink yourself into oblivion like usual, and leave me alone. And the stepmom, horrified, rushes off. And Chip and Dale exchange worried looks. Uh, Cindy, maybe it's best we take fun in moderation, says Dale. Ha! Who are you kidding? I only got tonight because of the wishing stone, which turned out to be a real thing and not just a figure of speech. Tomorrow, I go back to being plain old Cinderella, who would never get a shout out from Prince. And Chip and Dale don't really have an answer for that. It's mostly true. So they then see this large guy, like like a really large rotund man with a patchy beard, walked right into the club. And the guy's looking around until he sees the three of them and he runs up. And Cindy's all busy trying to flag down a waiter to take her next drink order, so she doesn't notice, but Chip and Dale do. And after a brief exchange, they find out that this large dude is actually Gus Gus, transformed into a human. And he's been sent to Club Royal by the group of those three blue dudes. And it has a note that says, Totes forgot, be home by midnight, or else you're going to be really embarrassed. Well, Chip and Dale gasp because it is 11.43 p.m. right now. And with traffic, it could take upwards of 12 minutes to get home. And that's without factoring in the valet. So they quickly grab Cindy. They shove the note in her hands. And Gus Gus, Chip, and Dale all hurry her out of the club royal just as Prince goes into the kiss. Anyway, next we see Gus Gus hanging on for dear life on top of the Lamborghini as Chip tries to drive home while Dale sits on Cindy's lap in the passenger seat. The clock on the Lambo is blinking. 12 because no one thought to set it, but they know it's getting close to midnight. And just as the Lambo pulls up to Cindy's stepmom's house, the car converts back into a pumpkin. Chip and Dale become chipmunks. Gus Gus becomes a mouse and Cinderella becomes a washed up party girl. Cindy ends up falling asleep in the wishing garden, not even able to make it back into the house. And the next day she has a totally wicked hangover. Her stepsisters are delighted to see Cindy back in her old rags, and the stepmom would be too if she weren't still drunk from the night before. Anyway, Cindy is given the task to clean up all the darn confetti in the house when she realizes something. She still has the wishing stone, and no one actually said that she'd be limited to a single wish, so she grips it and she says, I wish I were emancipated from this family and that I could find a decent support system so that I don't go so hard the moment I get a taste of freedom. And poof, Cinderella is freed from her indentured servitude and she finds a group of really nice friends who both support her and still call her out on her BS whenever she gets a bit too much out there. So they find this perfect place to hang out in Manhattan. It's a coffee shop. It's called Central Perk, but they always have to make sure that they alternate with this other group of friends because they are all, quite frankly, toxic in one way or another. And she lives mostly happily ever after. The end. So p- please go off off the rails more often because that was brilliant. <laughs> I was crying. I was laughing so hard. L- literally, I was crying. Um and I like I like the uh I like the ending. I like the the positive message and getting a support system and not going so hard when you yeah, get your first I mean, bit like, of freedom. I was sitting there thinking about like celebrities who kind of got uh, reputations for partying a little too hard. Mm-hmm. And I always, I was always left thinking like, clearly these are people who have access to stuff I'm never going to have access to. Mm-hmm. They're not going to have any of the same issues that I have, at least none of the financial ones like their financial problems that they have them tend to be on scales way larger than I can yeah. contemplate. Yeah. But you know, but they're, they're, they're mostly have things set except that they typically lack really good support systems uh, because frequently they find themselves surrounded by people who are essentially leeching off of them and thus encouraging the behaviors that can be really destructive. We've seen it happen over and over again. And, um, yeah, like I feel a lot of of sympathy mm-hmm. for those people because even though they they their lives may be in many ways 
uh, amazing compared to mine. Like mine might seem incredibly mundane in comparison. I also have a really good support system. Mm -hmm. So when things are bad, I have people who actually are supportive and not, uh, not trying to take advantage. So, you know, so grass is always greener, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we hope that we could bring you a little bit of joy, like a good friend, uh, in today's episode. And if we have, or if you have ideas of how you would like to mash up Cinderella or Chippendale, you should write us and tell us. Yes, you can send us an email. The email address for the show is lnc at iheartmedia.com. Or you can get in touch with us via our various presences on social media platforms. Yes, on Twitter, we're LNC underscore podcast. And on Instagram and Facebook, we are Large Nerd Drunk Collider. We really do love hearing from you. Uh, it's always a bright spot in our days. Um, and if we're a bright spot in your days, I know I've, I'm using that kind of formula twice. Please tell your friends about us and share our episodes and leave reviews and, and all that fun stuff. Yes, we greatly appreciate it. It really does help the show out a lot. And uh, we've been having a lot of fun with these mashups. Mm -hmm. Sure would be a shame if someone were to come around and, I don't know, make us stop doing it. That would be a shame. So until next time, I'm Jonathan Biddy Body Biddy Boo Strickland. And I am Ariel uh, Hack Wrench Casted. The Large Nerdron Collider is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by Ariel Kasten. Jonathan Strickland is the executive producer. This show is produced, edited, and published by Tari Harrison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.